Kara Henry here with D1 Softball, joined by Savannah Collins. This is the official AU Pro Draft post show. Savannah, thank you so, so much for joining me tonight. Can't wait to break down all these picks and talk all things AU with you again. Totally. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for hosting this. I feel like today is the official getting the ball rolling for AU softball season. I know so many of us wait all year for this, <laughs> and I just feel so excited now that we've announced those 14 picks and who might be coming to play with us this season. So I'm sure you can feel it like bursting out of me that like I have been waiting for tonight for a while. <laughs> So I want to encourage all of those that are, are watching and, and on Twitter to head on over to YouTube because we can actually see your questions over there. So if you have questions and we've got a few special guests that are going to join us tonight, head on over to D1 Softball's YouTube channel so that we can see your comments live. Savannah and I will get to as many as we can as possible. But I really want to start with this, Savannah. We talked a little bit beforehand, and I really want to dive into the draft. And I know some people had some questions on, you know, how are the draftees picked? And, you know, what does it mean being the first draft pick? So I'm going to throw it to you in, in terms of when athletes are drafted, how does that process start and how does that go about? Totally. So these draftees that you saw picked tonight really are a testament to what everything about AU is in that it's player driven. Um, so the player executive committee for softball, which is five fantastic athletes. If you watch the draft, you got to see three of them, Sam Fisher, Sid Bates, and Tori Vidalis, as well as Andrea Filler and Amanda Loren. So that group works all year from the time that their season ends, really looking at who are the eligible seniors, who is, you know, looking to go pro in their next year, and who would be a great fit for the league. They spend so much time watching college softball, taking notes, and also taking into account the needs for our league. And you kind of ask that, like, how do you get chosen? So not only are you a top athlete in college softball in your senior year, but you fit what Athletes Unlimited is looking for. Just like you would see in any other draft, teams are choosing what they need for their roster. But Athletes Unlimited is trying to fill this 60-player roster um, that changes with those teams every four weeks um, or every week. And so what AU is looking to fill is where are they still trying to fill out the rest of this roster? Right now, 46 out of the 60 athletes are signed. So a lot of times it comes down to position. Um, what does the league need? And so looking at those pool of seniors and looking at what the league needs, the PEC works together to put together this incredible 14-person draft class. And I want to give a shout out to the BEC, Sam Fisher, uh, just an incredible job so uh, good. hosting the draft. Uh, and we're going to get to talk to Samuel uh, in a little bit. So excited for her to join us and, and sis base and Tori Vidalis, just again, a, a player led league and to see the three of them up there announcing these draft picks, which we're going to get into folks uh, in a little bit here. But I just wanted everyone to understand that you know, in terms of picks, and we'll go go into the needs of the league once we get into those. But uh, I wanted to make sure everyone understood that it worked. They are chosen by the PEC uh, and looking at the needs. Now, let's go through these picks a little bit, Savannah, before we have our special guests on the show. And we're going to start in the middle infield because we had this discussion, and I think that uh, the toughest spot to to get chosen and the the ones that are chosen first. Uh, are the middle infielders. It's your defense normally uh, hitting uh, for power and some speed. So we're going to start in the middle infield and drafted today, Sydney McKinney going number one. I'll let you, you handle that, Savannah. Uh, Kylie Naomi and Rachel Becker. Kylie Naomi and Rachel Becker currently playing at Oklahoma State together up the middle. And then Sydney McKinney uh, representing a beyond the power five, Wichita State. But Savannah, uh, let's talk a little bit about the middle infield and what you're seeing from those three draft picks. Totally. You know, we mentioned draft order and Sydney McKinney going as the number one pick. At AU, really all picks are equal because they're filling the 60-person roster. But if you ask Sam Fisher, it did mean a little extra to her of Sydney McKinney being a mid-major gal and Sam being as well. Um, and, you know, just kind of talking through these picks with the PEC, something that stood out about Sydney was that she has been tried and true to her school. Mid-major was not a stepping stone for her. It was where she was going to build her career and her legacy. Um, um, and I like that tonight we kind of got to 
honor that about her and who she's been and becoming a household name and really just being a testament. And Sam said it best of just how the sport of softball is growing and being that first pick. Um, and then coming around to fill out the middle infielders with Kylie Naomi and Rachel Becker. I mean, they really have their work cut out for them. That is a tough tough spot to break into at AU as a starter. Um, and I think this group coming in, they have so much experience, but we could probably say that about every draftee with the COVID year and how much time they spend in college. But that kind of rounds out the middle infielders. And I know that you dig so deep um, into college softball throughout the year. Anything that stood out to you about these three and maybe how they'd fit into AU? Absolutely. I think you look at a Sydney McKinney and She's the type of player that's going to score a ton of points. Uh, she currently leads Division One in batting average. She's hitting 527 uh, and a 1300 OPS. So she just gets it done. Uh, she can she can run. She can hit for power. She can you know I, I watched her play Oklahoma State just a few weeks ago, and the ball didn't leave an infield, and, and she had three hits, uh, and then she's still in bases. So I think she's a type of dynamic player that's going to be really fun to watch in this type of environment uh, and then you got Kylie Naomi big power numbers again shortstop for Oklahoma State and Rachel Becker who moved over uh, to second base to play with the Cowgirls she was historically a shortstop uh, at Purdue but to see those three middle infielders those are three uh, of the top players in the country so in terms of middle infield uh, gonna to fit well uh, with the rest of the middle infielders there, but only three there from the middle infield. So um, I know, Savannah, we talked about this before, but you think the toughest place to get into would be the catchers. Uh, totally. Yeah, I do. And I think <laughs> it's just when you look at the AU roster and who is signed, you know, right now, most of the catcher spots are signed. And then when you dig into who is there, you have obviously the reigning champ, Deja Mulipola. You have Olympians. You have those catchers who kind of become staples in a pair. Like you may think of Gwen Svekis, Kat Ostman, Sasha Palacios, Daniela Tool. So you have these pairs that become very attached to pitchers. Um, and I think that can make that tough. But if there is a group that I think has the opportunity year one to work their way back behind the plate, I think it's these two. The accolades show it. I mean, they are so impressive impressive in who they have been in college and how I think that's going to translate if they choose to come play with Athletes Unlimited. So it's Kayla Kowalik and Jordan Rudd, the two catchers that were drafted uh, this year. And again, I agree with you. I think we, when we look historically at AU, there is that pitcher-catcher relationship that's really, really important. And we're seeing, uh, you know, catchers go very early if you've got a pitcher uh, as a captain. I, I know I said we've got middle infielders too. You think back to Carrie Eberly uh, and, you know, I'd, I'd argue that Eberly would, would draft her middle infielders before her catchers. But again, that's you true. look at <laughs> yeah, that's true. You <laughs> Yeah, you look at a Kat Osherman uh, again, and she's throwing, she was drafting uh, her catchers. So those are the catchers. Kayla Kowalik, uh, what an incredible career at Kentucky. Uh, just can truly do it all. Another player that uh, has a ton of speed, can hit for power, and, and, and really athletic behind the plate. And Jordan Rudd can't say enough about what she's done for Northwestern and the Wildcats. And uh, it was fun to watch that squad make it back to the Women's College World Series just a season ago. And uh, as we head into postseason, it'll be fun to watch those two and see uh, them lead their teams again as well. So those are the catchers. Uh, Savannah, any final thoughts on the catchers and the draft? You know, I think um... – with Jordan Rudd in particular, when you just think about all the different, you know, ways that you can be recognized throughout your career and just to have things like Gold Glove, Johnny Bench associated with your name, that's crazy. Um, and I think what I'm really excited to see is the way that they have really stepped up as college players in AU is going to ask them to call their own games and really, you know, take on a leadership role. I'm excited to see these players who have excelled at the level they are at right now, take the leap into playing with the best in the world and see, you know, what it forms them to be the type of catcher they become one, two, three years from now. That makes me so excited about the state of pro softball to know that this isn't where their career ends. Like it is truly just getting Getting started so I'm excited especially for those two so we've gone through the middle infielders and we've gone through the catchers and I think we might take a little break from uh, breaking down the draftees and and maybe get some insight from 
uh, our resident. Well, she was the host of the draft show. She was. Sam, Sam Fisher. I think we're going to bring her on here. Are you okay with that, Savannah, to get Sam? Because she's. I think she's waiting to get to jump on this thing. So Absolutely. we're going to have Sam Fisher join us. Let me see if we can get, get Sam on here. Sam. <laughs> Sam, I love that the bun was taken to like professional hostess level for the draft. It looks so Thank good. You. I brushed it. That was the, the that was the one secret ingredient was the hairbrush. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a huge Sam fan in general, but I must say, so impressed with your hosting of Thanks. the draft show. Fun to watch. Um, but I want to get your initial thoughts, like. You know, what are you most excited about heading into this next season of AUX and the AU Champ season? I listen, it's just, I think starting off with the way the draft was produced, it just shows what growth we've seen for Athletes Unlimited in three short years. It's amazing to see where we've come. And, and it's a testament to our staff, to our co-founders, to everybody involved to make it to where we just saw it tonight. And I'm excited that these girls are finally graduating. <laughs> like, it's, I've been wait, I've been seeing these players and, you know, they, they had the COVID year and they've had this, you know, this maybe extra year of college softball to get them even more ready for the professional level. And I think that we're going to see a rookie class potentially stronger than we've ever seen a rookie class before. Hmm. How does that stand out to you? And I know this is something when I was like, oh, you know, from this draft class, like who did you, you know, really expect to see, you know, take off or explode? And there was a phrase that you used and I haven't gotten out of it out of my head. You said this, these 14 are no brainers. Like wow. it's no doubt that they are going to play at the next level. But how do you think that extra year of development in that environment um, being a group of people who have had to learn how to be adaptable, being in college throughout COVID, stepping into a league, that that is the number one thing that they ask of you is, can you change and get better in five weeks? Yeah, yeah, it's huge. I think you make a really good point. They've had to adapt. They've had to pivot. They've had to, you know, do things that they never thought or anybody ever thought that anybody would have to do. So I think that's a huge key. But something that I started to think about when I was 25, 26, as I've gotten a little older, I thought, if I was playing college softball right now, if I knew then what I know now, so they've had some extra time for experience, for knowledge, for more softball that they can now translate onto the field so that they have even more experience than your traditional senior does. So that part, I think it's going to be really cool to see. Maybe there's not too much of a gap. Maybe they blend immediately. Maybe they are already playing like experienced professional players because they've had so much more time and more games under their belt too. And Sam, we've got a few questions because we asked earlier if we have any questions uh, from uh, some of our uh, viewers. So I'm going to put this question up here for you. Uh, what made you initially choose AU and why do you continue to play this specific league? Uh, P.S. My family and I love watching AU games. Best wishes this summer. Uh, that's a comment from Twitter. So, Sam, that's for you. Oh, cute. Yeah, I listen. I got a presentation in 2020 about Athletes Unlimited. And it was the cool thing was that it felt like it was reinventing the wheel, but while still keeping the essence of the wheel. You know, you hear the point system, you hear one champion and you think, oh, we're losing the team aspect. We are. This is the most competitive softball and it it makes it even more team oriented you see what you're able to create in three practices of a team chemistry of camaraderie of common goals and it it's kind of blown my mind it feels a little bit like an experiment but that's <laughs> a very successful one so it, it piqued my interest immediately the more information that i got about it the more i thought i i want so badly to be involved with it and then i did get the opportunity after I had signed about a month later to join the player executive committee. And it, that has changed my life. Truly. It's been really incredible and fun. And Reggie, uh, Reggie agrees here. <laughs> you bring up something that I find so interesting about AU specifically with softball. You know, we have some of our other sports that are just rounding out year two, but softball is stepping into year five. <laughs> And then, and then when you account AUX, like it is building upon one season after the other. When you think back to season one, 
And then you look at where we're stepping into now with the draft class, with the returnees. What stands out to you as someone who has been a part of pro softball far longer than AU has been in it of this is how the sport has grown and moved forward and changed and it's not going anywhere? Yeah, I I think that's such a great question because even just in those four seasons, you can see going back to 2020, especially we were in a bubble like that. What a wild year. Um, what we were able to, oh my God, what we were able to put on the field and to put in people's homes and to just start building, building a connection with the fans. And I think for softball, we're so accessible. Professional softball is extremely accessible and AU has given us the ability to continue to build those relationships and to create new relationships. A huge, huge shout out to our content team for in the age of social media, creating content that makes us even more, you know, in people's lives and, and, you know, being able to have conversations and show, here's what we do. Here's how we do it. We want you to come with us. And the relationship with ESPN is huge. Um, you know, you're going to have fans that are wanting to watch the sport and oh, what's this. Okay. Wow. And I love this. I hear that about softball all the time, just the sport in general, but then the interesting aspects of athletes unlimited, you know, it draws you in. It keeps you, I think about games where there's five inning innings wins on the line and that, oh my gosh, it's so intense. You can't look away. Even when you're on the field, you're like, oh my, what's going to happen? So I, I, I think that that has been one of the best parts to see in the last three years. And now going into our fourth season is just how we're really able to create long lasting, sustainable, um, just love for softball. And Sam, we have a couple more questions. Um, I, I know these are for you, right? Uh, from uh, YouTube, Rita's asking, are there any plans to schedule games around the country? I know uh, AUX played in San Diego last year, was able to go down and watch it in San Diego at San Diego State. But are there any plans to schedule games around the country at all? Or are you all staying in Rosemont uh, for the foreseeable future? Yeah, this is a great question. And this is something that I love about Athletes Unlimited is is not only as the game, you have to be adaptable, but as a staff and as what we work on, we're continually trying to find ways to be better, try to find ways to be adaptable. And the answer is absolutely. We want to see this go places. We, we don't have anything that I can actually like speak on at the moment, but Rosemont has proven to be such an amazing home. And just to see that we've been able to grow and have an AUX in San Diego last year, now have an AUX in Chicago this year. Um, there, there's a lot that goes into it um, to keep the standard, the Athletes Unlimited standard, where we want it to be. You know, housing all of us, um, having the proper the, the field, the, the proper, you know, things that we need at a field, the venue, all, all that stuff goes into consideration. But absolutely, we want to bring this to wherever is possible. And we're constantly having these conversations and taking in this feedback, just just hearing these questions are important to us so that we can then say, hey, kind of this is what people are talking about. How can we make these things happen? So it's always a part of a conversation. Definitely. Do we have any more? I love the fan questions. And they're always so curious. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we've got a ton of questions. We could go through. I mean, Sam, are you ready for this? Because I've got a ton from the fans. So Listen, I got, I got time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's the next one. So, um. Oh, love that. Love Sandy up. Next one. Hey, Hold on. Was great. <laughs> My family got to go because they're all in California. So that was really nice. All right. So every young girl starting out in softball has a favorite player they look up to or idolize. Question, who was that player for you? And this is a question from Twitter. It's a great question. You know, Sis made an excellent point on the draft that when we were younger, we looked up to baseball players, you know, and mm -hmm. I like Derek Jeter. That was my guy, you know, and, and now being in an age where, maybe people can say, oh, I don't really watch baseball. I watch softball players, you know, but I mean, the Olympic teams, Natasha Watley, are you kidding me that I wanted to be her? Um, Kelly Crutchman, who I like, can, what can't she hit? Uh, Laura Bird, you know, Jessica Mendoza, those were all players. I just, that whole team, I think that 2008 Olympic team, especially for me, um, all of them, I had posters in my room, you know, and uh, that, that was really big. And I think that, growing the sport to now have more than just one team to look up to, to have all these pro players, having them. So like on your, on your, for you page, on your, on your homepage, on your social media, being able to see 
them and access them. I think we're going to see a lot more kids saying like a female, softball, like a softball player as their role model instead of, you know, when I was growing up, I'm like, I want to be Mark McGuire, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's something I think about, you know, even when we think about it in the frame of this draft class of how college softball has exploded. I really have no other word for it other than it has exploded um, and just the popularity and people watching. And I know as a pro league, we often ask ourselves, how do we translate that? to pros to where people continue to support them and continue to tune in and watch and to think that, you know, you could be somebody who became a Sydney McKinney fan her freshman year, followed her through her umpteen years and then got to watch her as a pro. Like that's so special. Female athletes, especially in softball, reach their peak, not in college, but as pros. And I think you really see that at AU of like, you know, Danielle O'Toole comes to mind of watching her this past year and going like, you're unbelievable. I can't imagine you having stopped playing and I didn't get to see this is something yeah. I think about all the time watching you. Yeah. I have goosebumps. You're right. It's a, it's a shame that there, I think of all the players that have been, have come in and, and come in and gone and thinking, you know, sometimes you just can't make it work and, and the growth of the sport and the growth of the professional game it, it, that's what like we are working so hard right now to make it so that we don't have to say those things anymore to make mm-hmm. it where these kids can dream past college I started dreaming past college my like the month before I graduated college you know like I started to actually think this is a possibility that at that point instead of when I was eight like it was a joke when I was eight like I want to be on the Olympic team you're like all right Sam like so does everyone else in the whole world but, <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And Sam, since we've got you on here, I'm going to take you actually through the corner infielder picks too, because why okay. not? I mean, you're here with us. Why not keep going through them? Because we've already yes. gone through, we've already gone through the middle infield and the catchers. So Bailey Klinger out of Washington, Charla Eccles out of Florida, and Haley Lee is now an Oklahoma Sooner. Those are the corner infielders. I want to get your insight on those three, uh, just because you are, I mean, I feel like that's your that's your spot. Like you are a corner infielder yourself. So in those three picks, uh, what were what were the thoughts process behind those uh, three picks and in corner infield? Well, I appreciate you um, accepting me as a corner infielder. It's taken me some time to think. I'm, I'm still like such a shortstop at heart. But now, I, when people ask me, instead of being like, "Well, I used to play shortstop," and now I I feel like I'm a third baseman. I that I, I love that the hot corner. And sometimes it's extra hot, but, um, <laughs> you know, so yeah. I appreciate that. And yeah, you know, looking at third base is so interesting because you're playing, you're playing in a spot that gets some spicy balls. You're getting, you're covering in front of you. You're coming so far to your left. You're, you know, helping out your shortstop. And so what these players can do is, is it's so special and it's, it's not easy and it's scary sometimes, but on the field, on the on the defensive side of the ball is one thing, but the way that they can hit the ball, you know, they they're all they're three fairly different hitters, but all very similar at the same time. The power that the three of them have, it's it's so great, and it's it's consistent. It's not like you know she's hot and cold. It's if she's not hitting a home run, that's because it hit the fence and it was mm-hmm. a double. You know, so I think that the corner spot is really really hot in these draft picks, like they're, they're going to, I think they're going to translate so well to the pro game. Well, something that stands out to me about this position specifically is if you go and look at our roster right now, there's usually about 12 ish, 12 corner infielders. And we only have five signed right now. So to think like if you are in this drafty group to play the corner infielder position, you could come into athletes unlimited and start I mean, if you come to AUX, you can start for 12 games. You come to championship season, you can start for 15 games in the summer. To immediately be on a starting roster like that because of your position and the need of the league. And I don't know if they're watching, but maybe it'll be like, hey, I'm I'm down for that. But you just think about that. Like that transition can be seamless if you are a first or a third baseman because it fits what the league is looking for right now, which is exciting if that's, you know, your position group. No, absolutely. And Tori made a good point. Versatility too, you know, like being able to play first or third, being able to play short or second or third, you know, that, that is all key. And the the cool thing about athletes unlimited is, is getting that chance. All it takes is one chance, you know, there, 
there's, there's not a lot of time. So it's, it, it is important when you do get that chance, you go out there and, and you make something happen. You take advantage of that opportunity right away because then you're in the minds you're in, you know, you, you're in the captain's minds, you see what you're able to do. And then you have the rest of the season be like, okay, I, I like stepped into that spot. And Savannah, that is such a great point. I know we spoke about it earlier, but it is about the needs of the league. So it's not necessarily drafting for a team. It's the, the needs of the current league. And Savannah and I will go through uh, some of those rosters once uh, we let Sam go. But if anybody on YouTube has any more questions for Sam Fisher, now is your time uh, to let us know because we only got her for, I think, another minute or two. But uh, Savannah, any final questions for, for Sam before we let her go? Okay, if you had to give this draftee class one word to describe the group, what's the word? And I know you are a bookworm, so you're going to whip something good out from behind you. <laughs> wow. You know, the, the fir- the, truly the first word that came to my mind was finally, but that's <laughs> I'm so dramatic. But I... The, this is a powerful class. You've got power in the pitchers. You've got power in the bats. Even even your triple threats have that third mm-hmm. thing. They can hit the ball out of the park. And one thing that's, I think, really cool about Athletes Unlimited is that it, it's, it's offensively minded for a lot of points, right? So you got a lot of – you got all, all these hitters, all of them can hit that 40-point shot. And I think that that part is really cool and really different from – draft classes before and even just like the makeup of the league before you have people who can hit home runs but we're adding so many people that can now hit those home runs and listen I obviously if I could say home runs again you guys can tell I I love a home run I love it so um I think that it's it's incredibly powerful on both sides of the ball and and it's going to be impactful right away all right we got one question before we let Sam go yeah I would love it Oh, good question. Good question. That, like I said before, like we are always having these conversations about how can we make Athletes Unlimited better? This com- this question is something that has come up in our conversations. I unfortunately don't have an answer for that right now, but the good thing, and I think that even though I don't have an answer, this is an answer, we are continually talking about it to see what what's next for us. And we're aware that the season that's coming up this year in 2023 in 10 years, it might look completely different and it might look completely, you know, evolved and, and different. So we're, we're always talking about it and we're always, you know, willing to hear what we listen to everybody and everything all the time. So it's, it's, who knows, who, who knows? It could be. All right. So don't know any plans expand the rosters. Don't know, but Sam, once we do know, we'll, we'll let everybody know. Yeah. You call me. <laughs> Thank you so uh, much. I love having your insight, especially as being a part of that group to help assemble these 14 draftees. It's super special and you did such a great job. Thank you. I'm super proud of this group. It was, it was a lot of hard work and and I'm really excited to see, you know, it come to fruition. That's Sam Fisher, everybody. Only all American out of LMU. On the wall. (laughs) Sam Fisher, PEC. Thanks so much for joining us on the post draft show. You killed it tonight. Uh, can't wait for AUX uh, and the champ season. Hopefully I get it, make it out to Rosemont. I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. You guys love you. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Bye. Sam Fisher. The best, the best. I know we were kind of like talking about those corner infielders and like positional needs for the league. And it kind of brought to mind another position group of how we have one lone outfielder this draft. <laughs> Just one. And I feel for it. Just being the only one out there by herself, being an outfielder. What? And I to kind of dig into that, it goes back to what does the league need? And we have so many outfielders signed right now. But if there's somebody that has earned it, take us into it. Tell us about her. And I know that you have really been able to watch her career unfold. She's having such a great season in Nakunya. And just I'll let you go because I know that you have really able to dig into that. Yeah, so Yanni Acuna, the only outfielder that is drafted. I couldn't believe it. When I saw it, I said, Savannah, only one outfielder? What's going on here? Uh, But then if we take a look at the outfielders that are are currently uh, signed with uh, AU, we can understand why. But out of Arizona State, stuck with the Sun Devils, and just 
oh gosh, just an incredible uh, threat. All pre preseason, all Pac-12 selection. Then she was first team all Pac uh, last year and led Arizona State and hits runs doubles uh, in batting averages just a season ago. Again, uh, an incredible talent out of uh, Arizona State, and it shows you she's the only outfielder that was chosen. And um, we're going to have another guest join us in a little bit, and we'll chat about uh, the outfield and, and those um, selections. But Yanni Acuna, so that's the only outfielder uh, selected in the AU Pro Draft. And we'll go to the pitchers, too. So why not? Let's let's head on over to the pitchers, the pitchers that were selected in the draft. Megan Faramo out of UCLA, Montana Fouts at Alabama, Catherine Sandercock, Florida State Seminole, and Janice Dels out of Arkansas, and Alex Duraco out of OU. So we've got five arms that were selected uh, in the draft, and that rounds out the 14. We've covered all 14, but Savannah, I want to get your immediate thoughts on, on these arms that were drafted uh, this year in 2023, uh, starting with, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty powerful uh, combination, those five. Yeah, I think it's easy to be excited always about the pitchers that are drafted for an upcoming season. Just looking at these five, what I love the most is really the versatility in the arms. You have so many different types of pitchers. You know, you have the speed, you have the movement, um, you have ones that are really excited and show a lot of emotion. And then you have the ones that are all poised, you know, cool, calm and collected. So I think that's what I love. And it's a, one of the things I really like about pitchers is they all do it their own way. And I think that this group is really a testament to that. Um, but it makes me excited for the league because we have seen pitchers become champions more often than any other position. But we've also seen pitchers be, I think, the position that is constantly the game changer in AU because of the format. So you're playing and seeing these pitchers over and over and over. Some of these hitters have been seeing these pitchers for a very long time. Um, and that kind of works to both in their advantages and disadvantages. But you so often will see a rookie pitcher come in. And in some cases, once the nerves leave, they just start mowing people down. And it's because no one has seen them because they have been in college. And it makes for these really unique storylines. Um, the immediate one that comes to mind is obviously the 2021 Rookie of the Year, Carrie Eberly, and then Georgina Korik at AUX, where you're just like, they are mesmerizing. And it's because they are really can be worked in in ways to where it puts hitters off balance. And we start to see, you know, last season pitchers duels. It's not something we've always seen at AU. So when I see the pitcher group get elevated to answer your question, it makes me most excited about the trajectory of the league, because I think that is the position that makes AU more competitive year after year. And we'll get into those, those position breakdowns in a little bit, but speaking of player of the year, a rookie of the year, rookie of the year, uh, we've got a, a, another guest that's going to join us today. Uh, Shannon Rhodes, best of the 2022 draft class, finished number six overall, number 16 in AUX. Let's get her on here. Shannon, welcome. Hey. Thank you. Shan, thanks for joining us. So glad you're here. Of course. Yeah, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I love doing stuff like this. Um, and I can't imagine not giving back to Athletes Unlimited, giving back to D1 Softball. So, yeah, love to be here. You were coming off of a wild ride in 2022 that started at AUX and then just carried straight into championship season. When you kind of look back at year one as a pro, like what stands out, whether it was like the challenges, the highs, the low, like when you think about that kind of season of summer of softball entirely, what sticks out? Um, for me, I think it's just, um, you know, accepting the transformation from um, and if people don't know my story, I took a gap year from college before moving into my first professional season, but um, just kind of accepting the transformation of I'm not who I used to be and that's okay. Um, but being able to climb the ladder and trusting the process and getting in there and just doing the grunt work again um, was something that was super huge for me in my first year. And Shannon, if anybody has any questions for Shannon, I just want to remind you that we can see them on YouTube. So go ahead and put them up there. Uh, any questions for Shannon so that we can, uh, you know, allow her to just share her insight and 
you know, Shannon, you said something about like being, you know, being somebody different and, and changing, you know, kind of shedding that identity. What was that transition like for you in playing from college, taking that gap year and then heading into pro softball, um, the highs, the lows, can you kind of touch a little bit more on that and what you, you went through? Yeah. Um, I think obviously it's, uh, the lows are, are, are more prevalent for me because, you know, I, I left college and I kind of lost a little bit of love for the game, um, which is okay. It's, it, it happens in the cycle, you know, you got to kind of kick yourself back into gear. But um, I think the lowest point that I had was, you know, I don't know if I, um, is this lucrative? Do I love it? Do I want to, you know, spend my time growing something that I've given my whole life to and it hasn't changed? You guys mentioned it with um, Sam uh, a little bit about how, you know, we feel like we're kind of in the same spot. But with Athletes Unlimited, I, I saw that spark and, um, you know, giving back to the game, giving lessons to younger kids, helping with helping my dad coach a 14 new glory team. I uh, never thought I'd find myself in a coaching role ever. Um, but those 14 year olds, they humbled me a bit and they gave me a little bit of love back to the game, um, which they were probably the turning point in me actually choosing to go play again, um, getting back out there and, you know, having just fun, pure fun and joy on the field with young women that truly are just there because it's a game, because it's fun, because they're having fun with their friends. Um, that's what really helped me start to climb that ladder again, climb the mountain back to the high of I'm just having fun with my friends. I'm going to, you know, give it everything I have, have gratitude, you know, put my head down and work. Um, and then ultimately the high of rookie of the year and placing number six and all that stuff. But if you asked me during the season, I would be like, Oh, I'm number six. Really? Cool. <laughs> um, which I think that's the beauty in the whole thing, but, um, yeah, tons of lows, uh, a high or two, you know, but, you know, keeping my head kind of down and continuing to, you know, steadily climb and, um, you know, just loving the process and in, in the whole, in the whole thing. Totally. I watching that unfold. And I know that was something that I kind of checked in with you about midway through the championship season. I sat down for an interview and just you, the way that you talked about it, of just like you would had no clue how anything was going. Meanwhile, I'm like, does she know what she's hitting right now? Like it was just <laughs> crazy. And I think, you know, and it kind of leads to our next question of your ability to adjust and your ability to make changes in the middle of a game. And I think it is such a testament to you and your skill and the work that you mentioned that you put in of it is one thing to go from college to pro in just a couple months. It is another thing to not see live pitching and not play softball after a year and come back and have the season that you did. What was the biggest adjustment in that period to become rookie of the year and to finish in sixth place? Um, that's a fantastic question. Um, I don't think I really actually knew until, you know, looking back, reflecting after the season. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're playing against these, you're in a box, right? The batter's box against these women that have been playing professionally for years. You're looking at um, Danielle O'Toole standing in front of you, looking monstrous. You're facing the Rachel Garcias with all the accolades. Um, so I think the biggest thing looking back on it was remembering how to play the game within the game, right? So like it is definitely chess, not checkers. Um, and so just having those... Um, you know, pulling out my old journals of like how I felt when I did this and how I felt when I did that. Um, and just remembering, you know, the strategy behind it all. Um, I think a big turning point for me was when Danielle O'Toole was like, hey, how do you feel in the box? I'm like, small, very little. Um, I have no idea what's going on. She's like, do you remember what it was like to like play in college and just be like, yeah, I know exactly what pitch is coming when it is coming. Um, you have to like study your weaknesses as well as your strengths, but pitchers are going to throw to your weaknesses. You know, they're going it, to, it's ultimately just a game. It's, you know, it's a game inside of a game. So just remembering the strategy and um, pulling on those old feelings of, I know what's happening and I've been here before and not, you know, maximizing the situation in my head, really minimizing it down. It's just a pitcher that's a faceless opponent. Um, and I'm just a hitter. And I'm going to do what the game tells me to do. If it's outside, hit it outside or to the opposite field. If it's inside, take it that way, go up the middle, um, but ultimately hit the ball hard. Trust, again, I say this a lot, but trust the process. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not all over after you swing and miss or after a strikeout or a cue ball to the pitcher or the third baseman or whatever. 
You look what? like you've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really, Shane? Right? No. Yeah, it's uh, it's something, in, and you'd be surprised. Like, I was talking to my dad about it. It's it's like riding a bike, kind of. Um, I thought I lost it all, and then I started playing with these 13, 14-year-olds, and I was like, you know what? I actually might be, I might still have it. I don't know. I was like, hey, one of you 12-year-olds, get up here and pitch a ball to me real quick. <laughs> Let me take you yard. Just keeping a competitive drive, obviously, not to embarrass my, my young girls, but, um, you know, just... I, it's like riding a bike. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And we've got some questions from some of the fans. So uh, this is from Kirsten Demos. Uh, Shannon, did you just go to an open tryout for AU last year? That's a great question. Um, no, I did not. So I, like I said, I forwent my draft. Um, I was drafted in 2020. Is that 2020? Is that when I graduated? 2021. 2021. I, uh, I was drafted in <laughs> The years they they just mesh together. In 2021, I was drafted. I sillily um, kind of declined and went on about my life. Uh, tried to get into the real world, do the whole nine to five corporate thing, and it was just in my head. I was like, "Hey, I gotta see if I can get an opportunity again." And I reached out to Vic Hayward and was like, "Hey, is there any chance like there's a tryout or anything?" Um, and she was like, "You know what? We'd love to have you." And I was like, seriously? Just like so grateful that I even was able to ask Gwen Speckis for Vic's number so that I can maybe pull a string or two and get an opportunity. But um, I'm 100% grateful that they just were like, oh, absolutely, come play, give it a shot. And if you like it, you like it. And if you don't, we're happy you tried. So that's how that went for me. Man, that is so cool. Like, I mean, to take a year off and then come back and uh, I think there's something to say about that, especially when you go back in coaching. And I want to ask you a little bit about that before we let you go. How difficult has it been to coach and what do you think you've learned and how do you think you've become a better player uh, since becoming a coach and coaching this 14 and under glory team uh, uh, with your dad? Is that you said with your dad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've learned patience. <laughs> And that even though you say it 10,000 times, maybe the 10,000 and first time it'll sink in. Uh, but just continuing to, you know, deliver the message in a receivable way um, and understanding, you know, who you're dealing with, the personalities um, and giving grace to those people. That's the biggest thing that I've kind of learned and become a better player from is giving grace to myself, giving grace to, you know, my 13 year olds, 14 year olds, um, because, you know, we don't wake up and say, I want to mess up today. We don't wake up and say, I'm going to let this ball go right between my legs. We don't say that. Um, I mean, if you do, <laughs> you do. But I know most people that are trying to be successful at the game, they don't wake up and decide they want to fail. Um, so being gracious, um, continuing to move forward and learning from mistakes, I think, and also just asking questions. I like to teach in a way that's very um, conversational. I don't like to do like the robotic do this do that move here move that way um because not everyone's it's not a cookie cutter you know everyone's different so um keeping it conversational making sure that i understand they understand and the more i repeat it i'm like oh yeah girl you got it it's in your head it's in your head you got all the tools you need <laughs> so just you know holding on to those those things that perfectly leads into kind of what i wanted to ask you with to really give this draft class there's one piece of advice you could share with these rookies for the 2023 year. What would it be? Ah, um, immediately, I just think don't hold back. Um, we have, right, should you be in AUX and AU championship season, you've got about what, I don't know what that is, 10, 12 weeks, um, you know, to kind of transition into pro ball make a few friends along the way and still be successful. So don't hold back. Um, start to be comfortable with you and who you are because, you know, not everyone's going to be best friends, but the best thing that you can offer yourself and the league is to be your true authentic self. And you've gotten to this point because you are who you are. Um, so don't think about it as starting over. Don't think about it as, Oh, I'm just a rookie because you can do it, man. I'm telling you, like, um, it's, it's a faceless opponent. Anybody can be beaten any given day and it doesn't matter what accolades, what status, uh, what, you know, 
professional team, what country they play for, how many gold medals they have. It doesn't matter in that moment. Um, and just take it pitch by pitch because that's all that really matters. That's all you can control is that one right now. Incredible advice, Shannon. And excited to watch you this summer again. Former Rookie <laughs> of the Year. Uh, and now coaching 14 and under. I'm going to have to watch this, Glory Jeep. I'm excited. i got to come out and, and hey, see. We're pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you can catch us live in action at uh, the, the IDT Colorado tournament if if you're ever around. Fun. So if anybody anybody's out in Colorado, go, go see Coach Rhodes. Uh, <laughs> 14 and under, Glory. Shannon, just, thanks just so much. Just Coach Shannon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thanks, Shan. Thank you, Shan. Awesome. Shannon so, Rhodes. She just had such a breakout year of just – and watching the way it progressed. And I, I do think back to when it kind of looked like, of like, wow, like who has just, you know, come out of nowhere and had an unbelievable season, and it was Shannon. And sitting down with her and talking about her year and just how much not – necessarily on the field work but right here that she had done like like she mentioned like journaling coming into this season identifying why she plays who does she play for and then to see the results on the field like you just love that when somebody has invested in both parts of their game like their mind and their body and then to have that year that she did she's such such a fan she's so great Incredible. Well, that's Shannon Rhodes and Sam Fisher. I want to thank both of them for joining us. A little bit of a recap. We had, we've got you know, some new draftees, and you can head on over to AU uh, to check out the draftees. We went through them all. Uh, again, 14 new players, but in terms of the roster, Savannah, 46 out of the 60 roster spots uh, are available. And I want to throw it to you in, in terms of those that are returning. Who's sticking out to you on, on those returners? You've got 12 out of the 16 pitchers. You've got 10 out of 12 outfielders, seven out of eight catchers, five out of 12 corner infielders, and 11 out of 12 middle infielders. Totally. You know, I think you can never count out, obviously, the reigning champion. Um, and there's a couple in this mix now. Obviously, Kat retired, um, Danielle O'Toole retired, but then you have the groups of like Alicia Ocasio, the reigning champ, Deja Molipola, um, and seeing how champions can evolve. We've yet in any AU season to see someone win it two times. Um, and I think that's something we will eventually see and makes for an exciting conversation. Um, and then there's those groups that kind of just consistently finish near the top. Rachel Garcia comes to mind as someone who is always in the top 10. Haley McClenney has been close many times. Um, I'm really excited to see the return of Kelsey Stewart going by Kelsey Stewart Hunter this year. She's been a medalist in the past. Same with Jesse Warren. She's back. She's been a medalist in the past. Um, so seeing those that have consistently been at the top who have been there before and I think know what it takes to have a top finishing season. Um, and then one that really sticks out, and I know she's got a special place for you too, is Georgina Korik. I'm pumped. She, we've got her for AUX and championship <laughs> season. Last year, seeing her at AUX be one of, if not the best pitchers there, aside from the champ and Danielle O'Toole. And then we didn't get to see her during championship season. She was playing international ball. And to get to see her for both, I'm so excited to see Corrick back again this season. What about you? Yeah, it's going to be a busy summer for George. She's going to have AUX, and she's going to come out to the World Cup to play for Great Britain and then head on back for the champ season. But, you know, in terms of the whole series, it's just so fun to watch and see which players are going to emerge. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see which one of these, if these rookies sign. I think they're going to give some of the veterans a run for their money. And like Sam Fisher said, what a powerful class. I mean, just taking a look at these pitchers when you have a, a Faramo, Fout, Sandercott, Del Delson, Storacco, that in itself is an incredible pitching staff. And um, I'm excited to see these rookies. And like you said, a Sidney McKinney, you got to love a player like Sidney McKinney. He can hit for power, run the bases, and, and play some pretty solid uh, defense. So got my eye on those rookies because, you know, obviously I get to watch them every day almost in, in D1 softball. But, again, Haley McClinney, too, is always a, a favorite uh, as well uh, out of Alabama. But that's it for the post-draft show. Uh, I want to thank everybody for jumping on YouTube and, and, and interacting with us. And of course, Savannah Collins, um, just one of my most favorite humans to speak to. Um, can't wait, <laughs> can't wait to do it yes. all summer. 
Uh, Love being Savannah. involved with you on softball. Uh, final thoughts uh, on the draft. Yeah, you know, I think it's that right now these players are draftees. We don't know for sure if they are playing with Athletes Unlimited, if they're playing with the WPF, because I, we see the YouTube chat. So many of them signed or so many of them were drafted by both leagues. So kind of how that works, and I think we get this question a lot, is right now AU can invite them and know that they can have a spot with Athletes Unlimited if this is where they want to continue their softball career. But we won't know when we can't open official conversations as a league with the athletes until their college eligibility is finished. Um, and then they'll decide. And then we'll start to make those really exciting announcements about the signees, maybe end of May, early June. Um, maybe if someone goes to the Women's College World Series and they sign, you wouldn't see them until championship season. Um, so these are the 14 that Athletes Unlimited has invited to play with them to both seasons, if they can make both. And those decisions will come up to um, the athletes. But what a great you know, place for softball to be where it's no longer, I don't have anywhere to play, but I have options. And I, as someone who's been in so pro softball and worked in the MPF and seen how it's progressed, like that makes me excited for these athletes that this is another opportunity for them to explore who they are as softball players. And Savannah, I love the way you put that. It, it, having options is incredible. And you know, there are some questions about how much time does it take the draftees to sign? And um, they do have options. So they could play for the WPF. They, they could play for AU. But having that ability to play pro softball and knowing that we support women's sports and we support women having the opportunity to play professionally uh, and to be able to do this uh, and play the game that we all know and love um, as a pro, uh, I couldn't think of a better time to be a part of uh, softball right now. And just want to thank you and all the team at AU Pro Sports. If you guys have, if you want to look at the full uh, signees and roster, you can go over to AUProSports.com. All the information is up there. You can take a look at, at those that are signed. And uh, Tara Henry for Savannah Collins on the post show. So Savannah, thanks so much for joining us. And hopefully we'll get to do this again this summer. Absolutely. You know, I'm down. So great to chat with you all who tuned in on YouTube and asked us questions. And of course, with you, Tara, it's always my favorite. All right. Thanks so much, everybody, and have a great night. See ya.